Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, February the 4th. It is episode number 723. You guys heard me say Monday, which means I'm going to answer your questions. Today, we're going to be talking about how to keep romance alive in marriage. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about some ways that you can love staying married. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so it's February. You guys feeling it? Are you feeling the vibe, that February vibe? I love February because it means winter is coming to an end. We haven't had much of a winter here in the Pacific Northwest. In fact, not a flurry of snow, which is kind of discouraging because I love myself a good snowstorm. Now, I know from my friends who are in the Midwest right now, my friend Todd Wilson, who's been freezing uh, over uh, near Indianapolis, I would just like to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it the, the cold can be too cold, but over here, I'm like, I wouldn't mind a little bit of snow. But since it's February, the chances are pretty unlikely now. So I have set my sights on spring and summer. I'm excited about that. A couple things coming up. First of all, we have a brand new study that starts today at MomStrong International. We're going to be talking about God's amazing, unsurpassable incomprehensible love for us. And not only God's love for us, but how God says we can love other people. There's a healthy way to love people, and God has outlined it for us in his word. So join us. It's $2 a week. So it's $2 a week, women, for a fantastic Bible study that's going to take you deeper into the word of God. We're going to teach you how to study God's word and teach you how to apply God's word to the everyday situations that you're facing right now. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is join the scripture writing community. That has always been free and by the grace of God, it always will be. We have about 11,000 people scripture writing with us every month. And you can join that just by creating a free account at momstronginternational.com. And then from there, you can subscribe to the monthly Bible study. You can apply to be a leader. You could host a MomStrong Bible study in your group. You can apply for a group license for your church. We want to encourage women back to a place of really going before the Lord and knowing his word and being strong in the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to join us at momstronginternational.com. The new study, the study for February begins today. Also want to encourage you, we've got some great Valentine's gifts for you over at HeidiStJohn.com. We have a brand new series of necklaces out, a quiver beautiful arrow and a quiver. These are handcrafted solid sterling silver. They make a great gift. You can also pair it with the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. Uh, that book is not about homeschooling. That book was written when I ran a blog called The Busy Homeschool Mom. That's why it's called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. But it's a wonderful story of hope and healing. It's great encouragement for those of you who just want to encourage your husband or your wife. It's a great book to read aloud to each other. I hear from people all the time who have read that book together. Together and have said it's been life-changing. So check it out at HeidiStJohn.com. All right, so I get questions all the time about marriage. It seems like more often than not now, I'm hearing from people who are just discouraged about the culture's take on marriage, but I'm going to take a little bit of a, we're going to take a different road today talking about marriage because I want to encourage you, A, marriage is created by the Lord. So it's God's gift for you. It was from him. It was created by him. And it is for you to enjoy. And several years ago, Jay and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. 
uh, this year, actually, we're coming up on 30 years. I can't even, you guys, oh my goodness. Ugh, the time is just going by so fast. But I wrote a blog post uh, to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary, and it was called 25 Ways to Stay Married for 25 Years. And I'm going to go through those with you today, some of them. I don't have time to do all 25 of them. I'm going to camp out a little bit on the topic of sex. And so if you've got little people listening to this today, this is going to be more of an adult podcast. So um, I don't want you to be, uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm going to say something inappropriate, but also I want you to understand if if it makes you break out in a cold sweat and you just can't handle it, I'm going to be talking about sex today. I think that God created sex. I think he created it uh, to be, obviously, to be enjoyed inside of marriage. And the world has really distorted it. But God said this is a good thing. And as far as I'm concerned, Christians should own the market on awesome sex lives inside of marriage. Because we recognize it's a gift of God and we're going to nurture it. So I'm going to take you through just a few of the 25 ways to stay married for 25 years. If you want to read the entire article, just hop on over to my blog and you can read it. I will link back to it in the show notes today. All right, you ready? You guys ready for the first one? You got your pencils out? The first one is take your vows seriously. Take your vows seriously. Um, I think we're living in a culture right now where we say the vows and we kiss and people clap, but I wonder if we really know what we're saying when we say I do. And in the culture, I would say probably not. A vow, men and women, is meant to be forever, till death do us part. So it needs to be serious if we're gonna consider breaking a covenant like that. And I think we break the covenants without even thinking about it in the culture right now. And I understand that there are deal breakers. I get it but I'm not happy, it shouldn't be one of them, right? So take your vow seriously. Part of what makes a marriage tick for a really long time and be consistently uh, in a position of growing instead of shriveling is that both parties know that the vow was taken seriously. So in other words, my husband knows that I was serious when I made a vow to love and honor him uh, till death do us part. And I know that he was serious and you can rest in that. There is a confidence that comes from that. Number two, expect adversity. Ex- just expect it. Um, I think it's easy when we're young, you know, and we were dating and we all remember that moment of silence. I can just, if I, if I close my eyes, I can just see my husband skateboarding across the parking lot at Multnomah School of the Bible with his mullet and his yellow generic shirt and his pink Converse high-top tennis shoes. Mm -mm, He was fine. (laughs) And we're young. And we go into it, you know, all Twitter-pated, and we make a commitment, we make a vow. And then when the first really hard thing happens, many, many, many marriages fall apart. And I always tell my children, when they go into marriage, expect adversity. Listen, the battle lines were drawn on the day You said, I do. You said for better or for worse. And we want to remember this is us against whatever may come. So if you expect the worst and then hang on to the better when it comes, you're going to have a better shot at success inside of marriage. Expect adversity. That doesn't mean that you're an Eeyore about it. Like, here we go. This is marriage. going to be hard. No, marriage is hard, but it's also one of the very best things you'll ever do with your life is stay committed to the one that you married. All right, three, be the best reason to come home. I want my husband to think of me as the best reason to come home early. I want him to know that there's a warm house and the president of his fan club waiting for him. I want my house to be a respite. I want him to come home and know he's going to get a warm embrace. And whether you serve a bowl of cereal or filet mignon, it's all the same 
when it's served with love and grace and affection. I talked to so many married couples who have forgotten how to love each other. They, they're, they're not giving their husband or their wife a good reason to want to come home at night. And I just want to encourage you, like uh, crabby, grouchy people uh, don't fit the bill, right? We want to be nurturing each other. We want to recognize that we are um, designed for relationship and to keep that relationship strong, talking with each other. Let your husband know that you cannot wait to see him. Text message each other. I love it when my husband texts me and says, I'm coming home. Yesterday he called me and said, I'm working my way back to you, babe. And I could hear the song in the back of the in the back of the call. That's amazing. All right. Uh, four, date each other. Why do we stop doing this? Listen, guys, it's not hard to get a card for your wife or leave her a little note on the bathroom mirror. Your wife still wants to be asked out, and husbands still want their wives to know that they want to be desired. A husband still wants to know that his wife desires him. Date each other. It doesn't have to be expensive. All right, do it. Just do it. There's nothing I like better than to uh, than to have my husband text me or call me and say, hey, you want to go out to dinner? I love that. I'm always telling him he's my favorite human being on the planet. And part of the reason we've been able to keep that alive for over 30 years is that we date each other. Five, laugh. Laugh together. Listen, sometimes you're going to have to force yourself to laugh, okay? So when money is tight and babies are crying and teenagers are demanding, you're not going to feel like being joyful. But can I tell you guys, the rewards are worth it. Life is hard. Learn to laugh. Sometimes we tell our children, laugh at the rain. Dream together. That's number six. We start out dreaming. And when the dreams die, a little piece of ourselves die with it. So don't stop dreaming. Create new dreams. Set new goals. Begin again. Begin together. One of the things that Jay and I love to talk about is this idea of shared vision and a shared mission, a sense of bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We want to dream together. That's what we did when we were dating, right? We were dreaming together. We were so excited about what what lied ahead of us. We were so excited about whatever would lie ahead of us because we knew we were going to do it together. But then the mortgage payments come and the babies are born and we forget the power of dreaming together. It's so important. Create dreams together. Set new goals. Work with each other. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to set the standard for your children. Let them see you doing life together. Seven, don't play emotional games. All right, enough said. Less Jersey Shore, ladies. Don't play emotional games. How many of you have slammed the uh, dishwasher door lately? Okay, okay. I'm just talking to myself. You guys don't even need to listen. I'll just talk to myself for a second. When we play emotional games, our husbands don't respond the way we want them to. Why? Because they don't want to play games with us. Don't play games. Communication is the key, right? We're not trying to hold people hostage, all right? Eight, be second. What would happen... If we made the happiness of our spouse first, I'm imagining a lot a lot less divorces. I said many years ago, I wrote a blog post called <laughs> I wrote a blog post called Marriage Before Mothering, and I thought, oh, the women are gonna love this. It's gonna it's gonna encourage them. I'm gonna get messages of women saying, Thank you so much. I needed that reminder. Oh no. No, 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 no. The opposite happened. Instead of being encouraged, 
by the people that read the blog post, I was roundly criticized. One woman in particular said that she could not believe that I would neglect my children and choose my husband. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. When did I say that? No, listen, the enemy knows that if your marriage suffers, if you focus so much on your children that your children become the focal point of your life and your marriage suffers as a result, that your children are gonna suffer by default. The enemy is after families in the culture right now. And so we want to nurture and love our spouse first and out of an overflow of what God does between a husband and a wife, then we pour into our children. Am I saying that you don't feed your kids dinner and you just make your whole life about your spouse? Obviously not, but I I feel the need to explain that. (laughs) It's a healthy thing, men and women, for your kids to know that the primary relationship in the home is the marriage. Keep it keep it primary. All right, nine, try new things. A few years ago, uh, Jay and I became foodies together. And we started trying new recipes and different diets and all kinds of stuff. Anything that we can do that's new, we like to try it. This also translates in the bedroom, by the way, which we'll talk about in just a second. 10, work it out. That means that you look each other in the eyes and you say the hard thing with love. With love, can I say that again? Work it out. Don't take your, any advice from Washington, D.C. Compromise is essential in every successful relationship. Oh, man, here you guys thought I wasn't going to talk about politics today. Sorry. 11, let it go. All right, don't just slam the door as you turn away. Don't hang on to hurt. Ain't nobody got time for that. Bitterness will make you a prisoner. Let it go. There's a reason why Jesus commands us to forgive. When you choose to forgive someone, then what you're saying is, I'm not going to carry that hurt around with me like a ball and chain. I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry that around. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go for my husband and for my wife. I'm going to let it go for the sake of my marriage and for my family. That's not to say that you don't acknowledge that you've been hurt, but you don't hang on to it. 12, chase him around the bedroom. Hey, listen, you guys. After 30 years of marriage, my husband and I have realized that we are not going to stop the clock. So don't waste your time playing hard to hard to get. One of the things that we have really emphasized in our marriage over these many years now is that we don't want to have regrets. That's something we also say to our children. As their parents, we'll say to our children, listen, our goal as your mom and dad is to get you to adulthood with as little regret as possible. In other words, we want you to do two things. We want you to walk in right relationship with the Lord. So whatever sphere of influence God calls you into, whatever career, we want you to be able to hear the still small voice of God. And the second thing is we want you to get to adulthood with as little regret as possible. That's why we're kind of hard-nosed about, you know, hey, yeah, drugs, no. I don't want my kids to go, man, mom, I wish you would have said no to that party. So it's my job and my and my husband's job to help my children get to adulthood with as little regret as possible. That's why we shepherd them. That's why we disciple them. And the same thing is true in our marriage, this idea of no regret, meaning I don't want to look back and say, man, I wished I would have said yes to my husband more. I don't want to look back on my marriage and wish that we would have had more sex or wish that we would have spent more time together or I wish that I'd been more emotionally available. I talk to people all the time who have terrible regrets 
over decisions that they made, very intentional decisions, by the way. We either decide to clam up and shut up and, you know, we're going to make you suffer. You hurt me, and so therefore I'm going to make you suffer. We use sex as a weapon. And then 10 years later, you look back and you go, man, I just wasted 10 years of my life. We could have been enjoying each other. We could have gotten past it. Speaking of enjoying each other, that's number 13 on the list. Love your body. Listen, you guys, after seven children, I'm telling you what, uh, my body looks like something out of a National Geographic magazine. (laughs) It's really true. (sighs) It's okay. My husband wants me to love my body so that I can love him without embarrassment or shame. He said to me a long time ago, those are our stretch marks, his and mine. So I own them. They're badges of honors. They're reminders of a love that we share and a life well-lived. This is tough. This is tough for women because the culture is always showing us our imperfections and always highlighting our flaws. Every time I get on Facebook and I'm scrolling through there, mostly what I see are diet plans and shapewear. Everything's designed to make us look like we don't look naturally. And can I just encourage you to love your body? Your husband is less interested, women, I promise you. He's less interested in your stretch marks. He's more interested in do you want him? (laughs) That is the truth. That's the truth. Love your body. 14, eat together. 15, protect your time. Listen, you guys, gardens that are not tended to die. So a gardener, a wise gardener, is going to make time to garden. You want to give your your marriage the time it needs and then watch it flourish. Watch it flourish. Next one on the list, have babies. Mm-mm. You guys know how I feel about that. Yes, they're all ours, and they've made our lives richer and our days louder. Share the load and grow. I never talk people out of having babies. I always tell people the hardest, best thing we have ever done as a married couple is have a bunch of babies. Is it difficult? Absolutely. Are there days when I'm just like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? You know that there are. But as my kids have gotten older and as they've transitioned many of them now into adulthood, I'm telling you what, it it continues to be. And I think even growing as they get older, the greatest joy of our married life is watching our children grow and investing in their lives. And now they're turning around and they're investing in our lives. There's nothing that's worth doing in this life that's easy. Nothing. So that was 18, have babies. I skipped 17, don't withhold sex from your spouse. Pat Benatar, you guys remember her from the 80s? She said, stop using sex as a weapon. Well, we were too young to understand that song when we first heard it, but there comes a time, right, when we figure it out. And can I, can I just encourage you, one of the one of the biggest questions I get uh, as I travel and speak, because I always do a Q&A at the MomStrong Conference, at the Heidi St. John Conference, We I will always take the lunch hour and I answer questions from conference attendees. And I always get asked about marriage. I always get asked about how to keep the spark alive uh, in your marriage. And I know that life gets in the way, right? I'm, there's chores. There's financial struggles, for goodness sake. I love having a big family, but your kids can get in the way of an awesome sex life if you let them. <laughs> they can really put a damper on the romance, especially when they figure it out, right? Uh, but these days, Everyday things can interfere with our marriages. 
they can interfere with desire. They can interfere with finding the time to really focus on your spouse. And can I just encourage you? Marriage done the way God designed it includes an awesome sex life, or it should. So communication, by the way, is the key to this, right? In your marriage relationship, talk to your spouse about it. If you're always talking about superficial things and you never get to the nitty gritty that establishes intimacy, it's time to make a change. Let your let your husband know or your wife know what you're feeling in the area of intimacy and sex in your marriage. Years ago, and I wrote about this in uh, in the Guide to Romance, I wrote about an eye-opening breakfast that I had with my husband. And we were sitting across the table from each other, and he said, I miss you. Very simple. He just said, I miss you. And I was immediately defensive. I was like, what do you mean you miss me? I'm here all the time. I'm literally wearing tracks in the pavement from our house to Walmart to the church and back again because he was a pastor at the time. And he said, no, I, you don't understand. He said, I miss the girl that I married. I miss the adventure. And I was like, what do you mean you miss the adventure? <laughs> we have four kids. We got adventure coming out our ears. You see, I, I didn't want to actually hear what he had to say because I was so worried that he was criticizing me. And I just didn't think I could take the criticism. And I could just hear, I'm so thankful that the Lord in his mercy allowed me to hear his still small voice in that moment. And he was saying, listen up. This is important. And I made a commitment on that day to really want to meet the needs of my husband. Emotionally, I want to meet his needs more than just putting food on the table and uh, talking to him at the end of the day. I want to be sure that I understand every desire that he has. I want to be his number one fan, his number one reason to come home from work. And it took some effort on my part, just like it takes effort. To do anything good in marriage, it takes effort. Talk to each other about your expectations. Talk about uh, lovemaking. Talk about unmet expectations, things that have hurt your marriage. But can I just encourage you guys, be kind. You can be open and honest about what you want, but please don't be critical. Please be kind. When life is busy and your schedules are hectic, and you feel just that little tiny bit of condemnation that comes in there says, oh man, my husband's going to come up from work and complain again. Pray about it. Bring it before the Lord. That's the one, that's the one piece of advice that all the sex experts out there aren't giving parents. They're not, they're not giving married couples anymore. They're not saying, pray about it. I have brought my sex life to the Lord on more than one occasion. I figure he knows anyway, right? <laughs> Lord, help me. Give me not only desire, but give me energy. Give me time. Help me place our marriage as a priority relationship in our home and watch and see you guys what the Lord will do. It's a beautiful thing. I've written about this extensively. I have several articles I would love for you guys to read. If this is an issue for you, I will link back to some of my favorite books on this topic. I just want to encourage you, especially as we come into this month, because people always talk about love in February, and I think we can easily get sidetracked, right? God desires for you to experience every aspect of marriage the way he designed it, according to his good heart toward you. He loves you. He designed you and created you. So celebrate what God has made that he said was good. And that is marriage. God made it. He said it was good. 
Let's embrace it. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've got a question you would like addressed at Mailbox Monday, shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Thanks for reviewing this podcast over at iTunes. We really appreciate it. We read every single one of those reviews and it encourages us to keep going and it helps get the podcast out to more listeners. I hope you guys are blessed and encouraged by the ministry here as we are blessed that you are listening. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.